Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I am really excited for today's episode because I'm going to sit down with somebody who is quickly becoming a friend, somebody who has come into my my life rather recently. Matter of fact, we met on Instagram, of all things, and then I invited him to this really elite men's dinner that I hosted in Beverly Hills, or I should say it was hosted for me in Beverly Hills a couple of weeks ago. And we just totally hit it off. And, and as I dug into this guy's you know, past and, and what he's doing, I realized, my God, Danny is a world changer. I mean, literally will change your world with inspiration and how to. And so I was really excited when he said yes to sitting down on the show and having a conversation. And it ends up being one of the best conversations I've had in a long, long time. Now, before we get into that, I want to remind you that just like I met him at this dinner, you're going to meet some of your best mentors and some of your best business partners. And you're going to uplevel your tribe by investing in masterminds. And my mastermind has proven to be one of the absolute best masterminds out there, hands down. I have no problem claiming that because it's what everybody else is saying and I'm just going to accept it and, and own it. And so if you have a multiple six-figure business or you've just gotten over seven figures and your goal is to learn how to get into multiple seven figures year after year after year to get the secrets and the hacks and the inside tips and the connections and the collaborations and have access to my tribe and all of that stuff that you get to see online, if you feel called to go check that out, then you have to go to fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. Again, that is fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. The applications are first come, first serve. I literally review them in the order that they come in. And remember, I'm looking at apps for the 2019 class. And I'm going to start enrollment for that in fall. So it is not too early to get your application in line if you think this resonates with you. Heck, even if you're just nosy or you want to go see what it's all about, go to fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. Check it out. Click the apply here button. Get your application in. And by the way, don't let small talk in your mind stop you from applying if you're interested. Because I don't pick just the biggest businesses. I pick the right humans to be in that room that I know are going to be part of the family, as I call them, the people I know that are going to bring some talents, but also are going to collaborate in the most beautiful of ways and be the right mix of energy. So do not talk yourself out of applying. Go to fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. Get into that queue to have a chance to get into the 2019 class. So just like I talked about having proximity to epic people, I met Danny at a dinner that was thrown in Beverly Hills. And I was really, really excited to be able to meet him in person there because I'd been following him online. He's doing really big things, you know, even the kind of things that intimidate me, right? And Danny is, as a baseline, like his main business, he's one of the most successful real estate brokers in the U.S., like literally one of the most successful real estate brokers in all of the U.S. His firm sold a billion, with a B, dollars worth of homes last year. Think about that. He and his team sold $1 billion worth of homes last year. That's insane. And he's also one of the most sought after motivational speakers right now and success coaches that you'll find on any stage anywhere. 
So when you listen to him speak, it's always life-changing. And this episode is no different. You know, you're going to hear about his upbringing, how he came from poverty. He was literally the man of the house at 13 years old. And you're going to love that story. It's really inspiring. And then he teaches you about the power of belief in yourself and where all of his success has come from time after time after time again and how to find this belief in yourself if you don't have it right now. He tells a story about how to come back from losing everything because it hasn't always been roses in his journey. A lot of us have found ourselves there before, right? And then you're going to love the way, his remarkable way that he raises his kids, this cool little thing that he does to make sure they're going to have a life that is different than anybody else's. And you're going to love when he talks about the different ways, and they literally just come up authentically, that he demonstrates massive generosity. He's one of the most caring hearts that I have come across in a long, long time. And we even ended up, get this, we even end up doing this impromptu ticket giveaway halfway through this thing. Uh, to his Epic Entrepreneurs event coming up in LA in July. So stick with us if you want a free ticket to go see some of the speakers on his stage that he speaks with, like Alex Rodriguez, Andy Frisella, Ed Milet, like you name it. He is rolling with the ballers at his event. And we just kind of impromptu decided, hey, let's give some tickets away. So when we get to that point, you'll find out how you can get some tickets to that. So I would say, listen up. I would say, take some notes. I would say, get ready, get into a good place because This is one of those episodes that can totally change your life. So Danny, my friend, let's go ahead and do this. Let's start some rapid fire simply because it's a fast, fun way for my listeners to get to know you in a hurry. And then if something great comes up, we'll circle back around and do a deep dive on that. How's that sound? That sounds great. Great. All right. We'll start easy. Where'd you grow up? New York City. And where do you live now? Southern California, Rancho Cucamonga. Love it. And favorite quote? Uh, be the change you wish to see in the world. And what is one of your superpowers? Uh, yeah, there's kind of the ability to create literally a seminar, a product content within five minutes. Ooh, so good. I love it. What is one of yeah. your favorite books? Uh, the four agreements was great. Um, um, the greatest salesman in the world was huge for me. And the one minute millionaire was another really big one for me. I keep forgetting to read the greatest salesman in the world. I've got to go read that. Oh my God. That's a must. I always forget. Okay. I've got, I I just wrote it down. All right. Um, what is one thing you're afraid of? Jeez, you know, that's the tough one because I don't think in terms of fear, but hold on, let me be honest. Um, not, 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 this may sound corny, but not fulfilling my life's true potential. Like, and I think that's what just keeps driving me, you know, not, not, not becoming the best version of me that I can become. Hey, that's not corny at all. Favorite uh, speech or message you've ever given? Uh, oh, I was going to say the favorite that I've ever heard was um, I Have a Dream by Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, but, um, the favorite speech that I've ever given, uh, she's Louise. I, I did a, I did one on standards two years ago that I really like think set the tone for not only my life, but for what I believe in and for, um, and for, you know, our audience to really uh, push themselves to set new standards basically. Oh, and you know? we're going to have a lot of chats about that. Uh, who is someone who's changed your life? Uh, someone who has changed my life. Someone who has changed my oh, Steve Jobs. 
and and you know what and i say that because he you know he did it i i obviously never met the guy but just being intrigued by his mind and um by uh the products he created and the way he thought and the way he said, you know, uh, the crazy ones are the ones that change the world. Like all of that stuff just freaking resonated with me. Mm, love it. A couple more. What is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments this far? Ah, uh, I think a big one because it just literally engulfed my life for such a long period of time was um, I, I had lost literally everything through the recession, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, and I. I um, I bounced back and was able to build uh, our dream home for my boys. That's mm. that's my that's my greatest accomplishment. We're so totally going there in a minute. And then yeah. uh, one regret you have? One regret. Again, I don't uh, a regret. A regret. I mean, maybe not going to school and enjoying my college years as a young man because I. I basically was forced into being an adult at the age of 13. So, but then again, I don't think I'd be who I am today if, if, if I didn't, if I, if, if I did have that. So I don't know about regret, but yeah, I think it would have been cool to just kind of like relax a little bit more and just be a normal, you know, 19, 20, 21 year old. Yeah, I hear you. And then what is something generous you've recently done? Um, I give away everything. I mean, literally everything like my clothes, uh, I give it away. <laughs> my shoes, I give them away. Uh, my, my time every single day, I give it away, you know, on social media, all, all any questions that need to be answered. So I, I, I think I'm constantly in a, in a, in a generous and giving spirit, uh, just because I'm, I'm not very possessive. I like, I like, I like to give. Oh man, you and me both. Okay, we're gonna have a ton of good stuff to talk to. So let's let's go deeper into the interview now. And you have a remarkable story about growing up. And you know, if I remember, you grew up in a family that really struggled with poverty. They struggled financially. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so let's kind of start with your upbringing. Can you paint that picture for us? Yeah, sure. That um, so you know, it, it was funny because we we kind of went into poverty because my my parents split up. And when my parents split up. Um, my mom uh, flew myself, who is the oldest, and my two younger brothers from New York City to California because her sister lived here. And the minute we got here, like mom obviously didn't plan things out. She didn't have a job. She didn't have anything. We went literally straight into welfare and, and straight into just like struggling, you know. Um, and, you know, and I, I think it was just, you know, her desire to get away from that relationship that she was a part of. Um, that caused that to happen. So, you know, we lived literally, we would hop from apartment to apartment, finding the cheapest deal possible. Um, and then, um, you know, we, we did that between the ages of 13 through 18. It was so rough. I remember that when I got here from New York City, there's obviously public transportation in New York. So my mom never needed to learn how to drive. So we needed to buy a car. Uh, she saved up like 2,500 bucks and she bought a Hyundai XL for 2,500 bucks that happened to be a stick shift, which made things worse because she was a very nervous human being as it is. So, you know, anytime we'd go to like a stoplight and if there was any sort of a cliff, 
and the car started to go backwards. <laughs> the, you know, the, the car would stall. I'd had to get out and push it and my brother and so forth and so on. And so finally, I just decided like I was going to learn to drive. And so I drove us around between the ages of 13 and, and, and 16, 17, ba- basically illegally. Wow. Um, yeah, but I didn't, I mean, there was no other option, Chris. That was just, I, you know, I, I, I posted the other day about the power of pressure. Like all I know is pressure. All, all I know is having to step up and, and perform because there was no other option. You, you literally don't have the option to not perform, you know? So, um, so then I obviously got my license and um, at 18 uh, things changed for me forever because at the time I had just graduated high school and I was so, um, uh, caring for my brothers, I, I was the one that would take my younger brother to all of his games, all of his practices at that age. He was about eight years old. And a, a dad on the baseball team saw that. And I, I guess he saw just a responsible you know, young man. And he, he pulled me aside after about two months of knowing me. He says, hey, he says, look, I'm leaving to Mexico. I'm going to be gone for 60 days. I need someone that I can trust to watch over my home and watch over my business. And I say, um, yeah, sure. What's, what's the business about? He said, I have a tortilla delivery route. I've got two routes. One of them I've got covered. I need someone to cover the other one. You can work three days a week and make about um, 800 bucks a week, which back then for me was like I was rich. You know? <laughs> and uh, so sure enough, I said, yeah, for three days a week, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I mean, let's do it. You know, so the guy literally left me his house to, to, to house it. Perfect stranger. Just knew him 60 days. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Right. Um, uh, left me his house, left me his business. He would call check in and just be like, Hey, everything is great. And, um, and when he came back, he took over the other route and he sold me that route. So that was my first business was a tortilla delivery route. I ended up building it up to where I made about 1200 bucks a week or so which you know again for an 18 year old kid is i was living large uh especially when i was used to being broke and I, and then that's when i i decided to save up some money to buy my mama house and i made a goal i said i would accomplish it by the time i was 21 so um that was long-winded but that's my story dude that's incredible okay there's so many things i want to ask you about number one um, I just want to acknowledge making $1,200 a week at 18 years old, no matter what your upbringing is, is a lot of money. Like, listen, okay. you live in the Midwest. You can live a nice life on 1200 bucks a week, no matter, you yep. know, I don't care if you're, you're in your fifties. So yep. that's amazing. Number two, what did that amount of money feel like when you compared it to the tough financial situation you grew up in? Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I'll tell you. I was always uh, kind of wired to want more in life and probably because I didn't have it, you know? So by the time I had an opportunity to go out there and to, you know, fend for myself type of deal, I was hungry. I was ready. It felt great. I, I, I quite honestly started buying myself, you know, whatever I wanted to buy. No one taught me how to manage money or do any of that. Um, so it, it felt absolutely incredible, incredible. So you were, you know, moved across the country when you were young, living with mom, mom's barely making ends meet, moving apartment to to apartment. And, you know, the standard of selecting them was whatever was cheapest. And then here you are, you know, stuck driving, uh, at age 13. I mean, you were really kind of on your own or had to be the man of the family, so to speak at a young age, didn't you? 
right away. You know, it's so funny. I vividly remember. I, I remember uh, before we moved to California, we moved from New York to New Jersey. And it was just kind of like our family's way of like getting away from my dad type of deal. And I remember like we were about to move to California and we drove back over to New York and, and I had a German shepherd at the time. And I'll never forget this, but like my dad approached the car and he was like, you know, us three boys are in the back and my mom's in the front seat and they start to argue. And I'll never forget, like I kind of had trained the German shepherd to like bark. So I made the German shepherd bark at my dad who was standing like right next to me by the window. And, and, and it was like, it was the craziest thing, Chris. It was like in that moment, like I separated myself from him. Um, and, I, and I know it caused him pain because of the look in his eye that he gave me. Like I still remember it, mm. but I, I just remember feeling like I had to fend for these people. Don't, don't, don't ask me where that feeling came from, man. That, that Maybe that was supernatural or something, but I just remember thinking like my mom and my brothers are now my responsibility, you know? Oh, wow. um, was yeah. it overwhelming yeah. or were you like, I'm ready for this? Uh, it, you know, again, I, it was not overwhelming at all. Was it, what it was, was not healthy. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm, I'm conscious enough now to understand that that wasn't healthy for a young man at a young boy at 13 to be going through. Um, and it, and it caused a relationship with my mom that was also unhealthy. So literally, literally, not only did I lose a dad, but I kind of also lost a mom because my mom kind of became like my partner in the family in some weird way. If, if I know that sounds really weird, but that was just the dynamics of what had to happen for us to survive. No, that doesn't sound weird. I can literally picture how these dynamics fall into place. So what is one of the greatest lessons, personality traits, whatever that you took out of this situation between, you know, 13 and 18, so to speak. It's it's so cool. I I just, I just posted it yesterday on on, on Instagram. Uh, I I put pressure is a privilege, you know, because I I think pressure is something that, a, a lot of people, you know, and, and a lot of people that mean well, a lot of people that want to succeed, a lot of people that want to live a better life, they unfortunately just don't know how to handle pressure that well, because they've created a story around what pressure means, you know, and I guess what the biggest lesson that I learned during that period of time, I was forced to learn it, was that pressure is good, you know, uh, pressure is welcomed. Pressure is a privilege because it means that you're about to step into a part of your life that is about to force you to grow. And so, you know, as, as, as a result of the situation, I got very, very comfortable with pressure. Like pressure doesn't bother me, not even in the slightest bit. As a matter of fact, it does the opposite. It like amps me up big time, basically. What an important perspective shift for everyone listening. So now I want to talk about your your very first big lofty goal. You said, I want to buy my mom and brothers a home by the time I'm 21 years old. And you're 18 at the time. You're getting your yeah. first taste of entrepreneurship. But it's not like you had any training in your background on how to be successful, what to do with no. your money, how to make things happen. Like It was just this inner grit. How That's in it. the heck did you think you were going to put together enough money to buy your mom a home 36 months later? Yeah. Uh, I, w- I wish I had an honest answer for you for that other than to say, and I, and I wish I could bottle this and sell it or give it away is what I would do. 
that's just kind of how I live my life, man. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't have an answer. I don't know where it came from. But I've just always had this, you know, like 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 Obama's book, this audacity of hope. I, I literally just I, I think it and then I believe in it. And then I just kind of expect that it's going to manifest in my life. And even at a very young age, like I said, I'm going to do it by 21. And so then, so then, you know, what I remember doing was I remember calculating and reverse engineering everything I do, I, I reverse engineer. And I thought, all right, so if I buy an $80,000 house, uh, FHA is, uh, uh, 3% down, right. Uh, plus the closing costs is another 3%. So that's 6%. So that means I could get into this house essentially for less than 7,000 bucks all in, right? Then I go, okay, all right. Well, then 7,000 bucks plus the monthly payment is going to be right about 600 bucks or 700 bucks or whatever the case may be. And then I just started kind of calculating what I would need to put together. Well, I think that's the thing that most people fail at is, is they, 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 they say, you know, someday I want to live in my dream home or someday I want to make a million bucks a year or someday I want to, and then that's all it is. It's someday you got to learn to say someday and go, okay, well, what would it take to make someday happen? Because the right questions will lead you to the right answers, you know? Mm. And so I've been really good in my life about just asking the right questions. So I would, I, I said to myself, all right, well, what would I have to do to make that goal happen? Sure enough, I asked the question, the answer came, and then the answer wasn't that big of a deal for me, which, which is another strength that people need to get is really just like not being afraid of reality and instead looking at it for what it is and going after it. And I just put my head down, went to work, and and, and made it happen. We we ended up buying the house by the time we were twenty one. I mean, listen, you said I wish I knew how to bottle it and give it to people, but you just did. You said when I set my mind on something, I work backwards. That's number one. You said I trust my inner knowing that I can do something. That's number two. Like you gave steps, you did bottle yeah. it and give it to people. You just don't realize yeah. it. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, you know, I, I, um, it's just because I I think I'm not very systematic. You know, um, um. It was so cool. Like I love, I love meeting your brother at, at dinner, and and you can tell, like you know, you're the visionary. He's the he's the systems person. Oh you know? yeah. Oh, we are yeah. so opposites, and thank God. Sure, sure. But but that's why that's what makes us such a great team. Yep. You know, I I always the way my brain thinks, I always just think about the vision, and then I just kind of like naturally put the system together. But sometimes if you ask me to describe the system, I go, I don't know. I just freaking did it type of deal, you know? So it's, I'm, I'm glad you caught that. Okay. So you go from uh, completing this first massive goal, bought mom a house. Congratulations. That's so cool. How many sure. people get to say that? And now yeah. you run and, and, and own companies that make over $40 million a year in revenue. I mean, $40 million a year in revenue. What does that yeah. feel like? Uh, I think that's a great question because, um, how could I describe this? Uh, again, when you when you have the audacity at 18 to say, I'm going to go out there and buy my mama house, and then it happens. And then you say, I'm going to go buy my first new car, and then it happens. And then you say, 
I'm going to go be the number one realtor in my office, my first year in the office, where there's people that have been there 20 years, and then it happens. And then you say, my brother is so good at baseball, I'm going to fund his travel ball experience. And then it happens. And then you go, my brother needs to move from this zip code to that zip code to be on a better team. And you sell your home and buy a brand new one by the age of you know, 26. And then that happens. You know, Chris, little by little, you start to buy into the story that whatever you want in life is possible, you know? So when you say 40 million in revenue and, and, and you know, $980 million in sales, uh, it was just kind of the intention from the beginning. And uh, we, we were fortunate enough to, uh, to make it happen, you know? Okay, so you've strung together all of these wins. It, let's be clear, you've made them happen, right? They weren't little miracles. They weren't sure. handed to you. It's not like you sure. grew up in privilege or in the right circumstance or anything like that. You made them sure. happen, but nonetheless, sure. they happened. And so you just said you strung them together. I got this win, and then I got that win, and then I got that win. And before you knew it, I believed anything could happen. Let's sure. address the people who, for one reason or another, they're not making it happen. They don't sure. have the wins to string together what's your advice for them yeah it's 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 so funny um because in 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 my book what i did is i wrote it for them you know i i wrote it for them i i wrote it in a way to where uh they could have a roadmap to accomplish whatever it is that they wanted to accomplish so for me everything starts with step one which is living by faith and not by fear Mm. that's that's like the net, net, bottom line, the the basics of everything. Like if you don't get that, you, you can forget about anything else, you know? Mm. So I had to have the faith in my heart to say, okay, I know it's kind of crazy that, by the way, no one in my family owns a home. I only had one aunt that owned the home in my entire family. Everybody else rented. Everybody else. So I knew that it was crazy to be to want to do something by 21 that everyone else hadn't done by 40 in my circle of influence. But I just I, I had this faith. Right. And so that's why that's step number one. So for all of you listening, you've got to learn to live by faith and not by fear. It's not it's, it's one or the other. Unfortunately, it's there's no gray about it like that. That's just something you 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 have the power, the God given ability to decide I know it feels uncomfortable to say that but or to hear that, but you, you literally have to decide to live by faith. And then number two, you got to decide what you want. You got to get really, really clear with what it is that you want. So as, as you heard me kind of string those wins together on all of them, those became new goals that I had to hit or new targets that I wanted to achieve or new intentions that I wanted to set basically. So I, I just decided what I want. And then number three, you got to make a plan. You got to make a plan. Just like I said, I reverse engineered it. Essentially, I made a plan, right? And so I made a plan and I gave myself achievable bite-sized targets, achievable bite-sized targets. And I think that's very, very important because most people don't make a plan because they make the steps to achieve the plan so big and so drastic and so difficult, right? It's, it's kind of like just losing weight. All right, maybe you have to lose 20 pounds. That's fine. Why don't we focus on maybe just losing one pound this week by letting your body naturally flush out all the garbage you've been giving it, you know, it, it, versus getting excited because you lost seven pounds of water this week and then the next week you go right back. That just doesn't, 
make any sense and it's you can't succeed long term that way and then you know number four which is which is the final one take massive inspired action you know massive inspired action i think the key words are massive and inspired uh because you could take action but if it's not massive which means a lot like literally a lot never ceasing and if it's not inspired by your plan by you deciding what you want and by a life of faith then it's going to be pretty pretty tough to uh to accomplish whatever it is that you want if on the on the on the opposite side if you do that i mean i i don't I don't think there's anything you can accomplish, really. Dude, Danny, what a great, first of all, all the answers are fantastic, but that little clarification right there, there's a difference between massive inspired action and just action. As a matter of fact, I mm -hmm. would, let's take that step further and say some people probably use action, but not massive inspired action as an excuse that they're doing something like to trick themselves. Well, I'm trying, sure. but it's not working. Sure. So you're sure. saying the key differentiator is massive inspired action, not just going through the motions. Yeah. I'll, I'll give an example, Chris. I remember my first year in real estate, right? Which I, for your audience, uh, that's my foundational business. So my, so my first year in real estate, I walked into the broker's office, right? And, um, the guy puts me in a cubicle, right? Guy puts me in a cubicle and and I go, hey, um, just out of curiosity, what's it take to be in one of those offices? He goes, oh, well, buddy, in, in a couple of years, you know, once you're selling enough, don't worry, you you can qualify for that. And I go, all right, well, just 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 for kicks, what's it take? He goes, well, uh, it's your first year, so I don't know how likely this is, but if you could close 20 transactions this year, uh, I'll give you a I'll give you an office. And I go, all right, all right. And I go, hey, by the way, who's the number one guy in the office right now? The number one guy? He said, yeah. Uh, number one guy is so-and-so. All right, how long has he been in the business? Been in the business 15 years or so. All right. How many deals does he close? He, he did 30 last year. Like That, that was freaking outrageous. He did 30. I go, okay, what do I get if I do 30? And I remember him just being like, well, look, look buddy, like, just look, how about we focus on doing five, right, or whatever the case may be, right? And I go, all right, all right. And just internally, I just said, watch me. And Chris, I swear to you, man, those first three years, first off, that first year I did 27, that Whoa. first year. Yeah, 27. But those first three years, Chris, I'm telling you, man, I, I remember at the very beginning, very, very beginning, just deciding I would do whatever it took. I think I worked seven days a week for three years in a row. I, I'm not lying. I'm not, I'm not kidding. And and when I say seven days a week, I'm talking, I got to the office at eight in the morning and I left like at 11 PM. So, you know, to, 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 to put that kind of effort into what you do, number one, it's massive, but number two, you gotta be inspired by something, something much bigger than you, something much bigger than your excuses, something much bigger than your story. And, and that's the gift, man. That's, that, that's the juice is that you got to be inspired by something, something big. Man, that's so good. So you've inspired or you've been inspired. You're inspiring others. You're crushing it today. But you had a very developmental moment in your life that the recession kind of handed you. I had one of these two. You want to tell us mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, it's so, it's so funny because, um, I mean, that was the worst and the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Um we we were in a position where at the time we had stopped doing real estate sales and we opened a coaching company 
Uh, and you know, in one year I signed up over 400 people to, to pay me monthly for my coaching services. This was a long time ago, by the way, this was 2007 or so. And, um, what I didn't realize is that, you know, not only was the market going to crash, but I had built up such a large lifestyle to, by the way, for those of you listening to fulfill the little boy that was broke and didn't have money and had to fend for his family. That's I, I, that's what it was all about. That my monthly nut was like thirty eight thousand dollars a month to live. Like wow. I make, I make twenty times the money now, and my monthly nut isn't even half of that. <laughs> half, like you know what I'm saying? I did so, the same thing, by the way. Like I've totally yeah. been been there, done that. Okay, keep going. Yep, exactly. So, um, so that by the time the the recession hit, you know, none of the agents that were paying us for coaching could afford the bill. So literally the company got decimated in like 90 days. Because if you remember, banks were closing down, mm -hmm. uh, uh, everything, companies were going out of business and people would call us and just say, look, we love what you do. We just, it's either we pay you or we feed our kids type of deal, you know? And, you know, one thing about me, I'm never one to argue about money. Mm -hmm. Like, because I just believe there's so much more out there, you know, mm -hmm. so I don't, I don't waste any energy on that. I, and, and quite frankly, I, I, I understood their position. I was, I was open-minded enough to understand their position. And so the company literally went into the ground, but what really destroyed me was the fact that it cost me so much to live, you know? Mm. Um, and, um, and I didn't realize that I had designed my life that way because of the fact that growing up, I didn't have much. Um, and so when you really, really start a journey of personal development, you start finding out things about yourself. You start understanding the way you're wired. Uh, and, um, and, and I really believe that that's when you really, truly start to live is when you start to really uncover what you're really about, basically. So the company disappeared. You were left with what? Nothing? Worse than nothing. Uh, Describe it, it to uh, us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so company starts to disappear, and one of the brokers that's what, that was my that was a client of mine says, "Hey, let's let's meet later on for dinner." In my head, I'm thinking he's going to invite me to come be the exclusive coach for his company. He brings out a bottle of juice, and the name of that bottle of juice was called Monavi. You remember Monavi? Mm -hmm, totally. Yeah, and so. Um, I was literally, I was, I was, I was in a position where I thought, okay, it's either I'm about to go dead broke or I can run with this thing. Uh, because he starts telling me what people are making and literally, I'm not kidding, Chris, it took me, and you know, MLM, it took me two and a half weeks to build to $25,000 a month with money. Wow. It was like, yeah, it was like the, that doesn't mean I knew how to build it. That doesn't mean. I knew what I was doing. That doesn't mean just I knew you how, how to, to muscle your way there. I, that, 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 that's exactly what I meant. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. So I just want to clarify that. Right. So, so I did it. And you know, the way I thought was, I thought, you know, you build it and then it keeps coming in. Nope. I would say like a year <laughs> after that, that dropped to like 4,000 a month. And then, and then a year after that, I, th I think it got so bad. I, I think maybe I was bringing in 500 bucks a month or so. Um, I mean, it got bad, bad. I was that all you were living on at that point or? Yeah, man. It was rough. Wow. It was rough. Yeah. I so mean, you could I, almost talking, call that your, your second dip. 
no, that was the main one. Okay. That that's that that's the main one. Okay. Yeah, that's the main one. Yeah. Um, and so um, and so you know, I I essentially lived in a little bit because see, there's there's something about like guys like you and I, man. Like no matter what, the one thing you can't take from us is our faith and our vision. Yep. Right. And so internally. I was hanging on to like, no, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make this work. It just wasn't working. It just wasn't working. So that was like destroying me inside, man. It was just tearing me apart. The fact that like, here I am, like this guy who can make anything work and I cannot make this thing work, you know? Uh, And um, went through a little bit of a depression, went through a little bit of, you know, really just like being down and out for the count until, you know, finally... Uh, I'll never forget this. The the AC broke in our house. It was 105 degrees outside. I couldn't afford to 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 pay to fix the AC. Um, so I got an ice chest and I filled it with water, and I put my two boys in it to cool them off because it was just that hot, you know. And, um, and when I saw them in that ice chest, it just like something just kind of snapped and go, Oh my God, like my boys deserve a pool, not an ice chest, you know? And, uh, that was the moment that kind of like stabbed me out of it. And, you know, I, I had to put my pride aside because I was a coach and I, I, I just had to literally just make money for my family. And I told my wife, I said, you know, um, uh, I, I need to get back into real estate sales. And she says, yes, you do. Go. So, <laughs> she was waiting so, for you to come to her and say that. She was waiting for me to come to my senses, you know. And, you know, it, I, I had to just get past the ego of it, yeah. you know, the ego of it. Uh, uh, Ego's and so, a funny thing, man, isn't it? it? Jeez, it sure is, man. It sure is. And so I, I did it. And uh, six months later, we were able to pay off all of our debt. We were able to pay back anybody that lent us money. And we were able to afford our own little townhouse again, to, to kind of start life again. You know? Man, I love it. There's so much inspiration to be found in that story. So yeah. let me ask you this. How did you grow from that low point to the gentleman who sold, what was it? $980 million worth of sales last year? Yeah. That, well, that's, you know, it's our company obviously, but yeah. Um, look, I think the biggest thing that I got from that was personal responsibility. You know, yes. because, you know, I will tell you something, Chris, I will say that for a lot of people, like they blame the economy for what happened. And I, I just got to be honest. There's a lot of people that got stinking rich when that happened. Oh my God. Know? I say the same thing too. I'm yeah. like, the recession yeah. didn't happen to me. I happened to me. Uh-uh. uh-huh, Bingo. It was my fault. It was the decisions that I made. And the minute I started taking personal responsibility for what happened is the minute that I, you know, I, like I started to grow, I started to grow. Um, and I, and I can remember like slowly bouncing back. Like, you know, I always had the vision, like, okay, I want to build us our dream home. That's what I want. I want to build us our dream home, you know? Um, but I can remember thinking, but I'm not going to owe any penny more than 50% on the value of the house. Cause I'm never letting this happen to me again. And so, you know, the, the, the pain that I went through kind of taught me lessons, you know, and it taught me lessons that I kind of live by today. Uh, we have literally zero debt. Uh, we own real estate. We don't owe more than 40% on our entire portfolio. And we're just in a pretty good spot. You know, what an awesome success story. I love it. It's, it's yeah. inspiration for everybody that anything at any level can happen. So I, I love hearing yeah. these stories. 
couple more questions for you. When we're at sure. dinner, you had told me how you learned to sell far more homes in, uh, I said far more, not farmer, far yeah. more home. I realized how quickly I was talking. Far more <laughs> homes in a, I think you said four day work week than all the other brokers and realtors typically sell in a seven day work week. Is that right? Sure. Okay. Yeah. You got uh -huh. it. Like how, how is that possible? Okay. okay again, see, <clears throat> I'm not big on doing Chris. I think the doing part is easy. Like that's why take massive inspired action is chapter four in the book, not chapter one in the book. I, I think if you, if you look at the, cause and by the way, those were the four first four chapters of the book. But if, if you look at the fact that like step one is live by faith, by fear, step two is decide what you want. Step three is make a plan. Like I, I, really there, there's no doing in that there's head work in that, you know? And so the way I was able to do it, was I remember thinking early on in my career when I was working seven days a week to sell 30 homes, I thought to myself, again, I'm always thinking about the future. I thought, you know, someday I'm going to be married and I don't think I'm going to want to work seven days a week. Mm. And if I was able to do 28 deals in my first year, I'm not going to stay stuck here at all. Like I got to do more. And so then I started exposing myself to people that do more. You know, I started exposing myself to people that do 100, 150 deals a year. And I found that those people worked less than the people that were around me. So wow. what did I do? I just gravitated towards them. And I said, okay, hold on. What are you doing? How are you doing it? Uh, and then in my mind, I said, you know, if they can do it, I can do it too, you know? Um, and they kind of became uh, like your, your mentors at that point, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mentors, uh, friends, uh, to this day, a bunch of them are still around. We still talk so forth and so on. Um, because they really showed me what's possible. And that, that's another thing, Chris, that that's why I'm such a big believer in attending seminars and reading books and, and doing that. It's because we don't know what we don't know. You know, um, we, we, we literally don't know what, what we don't know. You and me uh, both, by the way, like I, I have, me and, and, and my entire, you know, tribe, so to speak, we have a, cult, a culture of events because it's the easiest way to go plug into the mentors that you want to learn from. Yeah, 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 it, it, it absolutely is. So let me ask you this. That's a great actually segue into an event that you're putting together that I'm absolutely freaking blown away by. And yeah. this is not like some lame sales pitch. Like I'm literally blown away by it. And, and I've been dying to ask you this question. So it's in LA. It's called Relentless. I'd be going, uh -huh. except I'm going to be in Europe, which kills me because I want to be, be at this thing so bad. But yeah. you're, the speakers you have there yeah. are the most sought after amazing human beings on the planet when it comes to entrepreneurship right now. Like Andy Frisella, Ed Milet, um, Alex Rodriguez, you know, a couple others. I know last year you had Gary Vee. So my yeah. question to you is this, from a person who speaks at events and puts events together, how uh, did you get those names on your stage? Again, it's, it's not, it's, it's not the, what did I do? It's how do I think? So, so look, man, let me hear. If, if you, if you, if you just go back to anything I've said, right. You, you'll see that underneath it all, there's this desire to do everything with excellence and there's this desire to do everything to the biggest the, 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 the biggest that I possibly can 
right? Mm-hmm. So when I, when I, I'll tell you how this event started. It started because in my brokerage, right? Our brokerage had grown so much and it grew because we were changing people's lives. I was teaching everybody everything that I did to do what I had done until that point in time. And so people started growing. People started going from like five sales to 30 sales. I mean, literally people who were like scraping by. I had one guy who was literally stealing money from his son's piggy bank to buy gas to two years later, he's making a quarter million dollars a year, you know? And and, and yeah, and so then, then, you know, people because of social media kind of started hearing about that. And they would message me like, hey, when are you coming to my city? 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 And I started thinking to myself, you know, I think we are onto something special here. I can't keep it bottled up. I got, I gotta like, I gotta like share this with the public. So that's the first event. So the first event, the reason why it's called Relentless, is because at the time we had just read Tim Grover's book, who was Kobe Bryant's coach and Michael Jordan's coach. You know, Relentless. And I said, I'm gonna have an event, and I'm gonna call it Relentless, and I'm gonna get Tim Grover to come speak. And <sighs> no one had ever taught me how to do an event. No one, nothing, nothing, nothing like that. So sure enough, that happened. It went down and we had about 500 people there. The next year I was like, well, if I had 500 people there, I got to have a thousand this year. That's literally how I decided to do it, Chris. That was my, my, my business plan. Sure. Right? It seemed logical because of how you That's think. Just because of how I think. That's it. Right. And so sure enough, I go, um, I go, all right, well, who do I got to get? to uh to, to to make that happen you know and it was just a one-day event chris you you being who you are like you're gonna love this i didn't even ha- i didn't have anything to sell i was just doing an event <laughs> just just i didn't have a coaching program nothing even if they wanted to give me money i, I couldn't take it i couldn't take it it's amazing. I was just do- yeah i was just doing an event for the sake of doing an event and if i was gonna do it i was gonna go get the best which is how i got gary vaynerchuk right it's just the way i think that's it it's just the way I think. So then the next year, which is this year, I thought, well, if I have a thousand people there, I gotta have last year, I gotta have 2,500 people here this year, you know? And, and, and I'll be honest, and this is, you know, this has been a, a, a real awesome learning experience for me because we'll probably end up at about 1,750 people in the audience for three days, um, which is still a massive victory for me. Um, but I did learn a couple of things. I learned, you know, like my brand needs to grow a little bit more before I can command that big of an audience. If, 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 I, if my brand had grown and my following had grown, it would have been a little bit easier for me to go out and, and have more people show up to the event. You know, um, another thing is like, you know, a three day event, maybe versus a one or a two day event. I don't know you know, maybe some people uh, don't like the fact that they have to stay in a hotel or whatever the case may be. So all of this is a learning experience is, is what I'm trying to say. And the biggest thing is I'm not attached to the outcome. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care what happens. I don't care what the number is. I'm going to go out and change people's lives. And the people who are fortunate enough to be in the room, then they, their lives will be changed forever. And that's my perspective. That's absolutely remarkable. I, I, I love everything about the way that you're approaching this. Let me, okay. Let me do something spur of the moment here. How much are tickets for the event? Yeah, so there are four tickets. Uh, so essentially, back of the room, basically getting in the room is one ninety nine. Um, then there's a preferred seating, general admission, which is uh, I believe three forty nine, and then there's VIP, which is uh, five forty nine, and then there's platinum VIP, which you get to meet and greet with Andy, myself, Ed, my lead, A Rod. Those are twenty four twenty four hundred bucks. Okay, and it's important to be in the room, no matter how you get in, right? 
I would say it's important to just get in the room. Yeah. I mean, yeah. listen to those freaking speakers. Your life is going to change. Yeah. So yeah. let me, let me yeah. do this. This is, um, spur the moment, but I, to the first five people that follow me on Instagram at Chris W. Harder and message me that you listened to this episode and buy any level of ticket. I don't care what level of ticket is. Okay. To the first five people that follow me at Chris W. Harder and message me showing me the receipt of the ticket you bought. And we'll give you the web address in a minute here. I will buy you a, what was the first ticket? Uh, $199. Okay. And what do you call that one? Uh, general admission. All right. I will buy you an additional general admission ticket to bring a friend. Because I believe that you have to do things in tribe. So you have someone Ooh. help lock this in, right? So I will give away five general admission tickets, uh, the 199 tickets. I don't care what level you buy. Follow yeah. me and message me your receipt. And then I will match that ticket with a general admission ticket so that you can bring a friend. And I'll do it to the first five people that actually do it. So where did they go to buy this? Well, hold on, because you see, uh, my, I'm a generous guy. I'm, I want to match you. I want to match you. So now we're going to do 10 people. Oh, my God. This is so, awesome. Yeah. So you go five. I'll go five. Right? So that means that 20 people from your group are going to be able to come, which is freaking awesome. Uh, t uh, and, and just, you know, Chris, you you know, when when the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th person show you their receipt, I'll, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that. Just let me know. Um, it's relentless, R E L E N T L E S S event.com, relentless event.com, relentless event.com. I'm not, by the way, there's more interview coming. Don't hang up. Like we're, we're not just like all of a sudden in a sales pitch here. No, we actually no, no. believe in this. So yes. relentless event.com. These yes. speakers are life changing. So 10 of you now, thanks to Danny's generosity that buy any ticket. Send me the receipt on Instagram after following me at Chris W. Hard. Where they can they follow you, by the way, on Instagram? Danny Morell, D-A-N-N-Y-M-O-R-E-L. All right. Yeah. Follow us. Send me the receipt. And we are now getting you 10 uh, entry-level tickets, 10 general admission tickets uh, to the first 10 people that do this so that we can give, you know, so that you can bring a friend and, and grow together as yes. a tribe. I love it. Yes. All right. So yes. let's move on from the event real quick here. Um, isn't that fun? Just like all of a sudden, like, hey, let's do oh, this. It, it just... <laughs> You know what, Chris? It's just as, and, and I hope you guys learn from this. Is uh, uh, success is really about being a successful person, and 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 when you're a successful person, you you want to give back. Like, amen. You you you, you, you want to bless. You want to bless people. And 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 and, I, and and by the way, Chris, and I know you believe this as well. But part of being a blessing to other people is is not strangling abundance. Not strangling your finances, not strangling your money, not strangling what's yours. Like literally, guys, let go. Um, I, I heard a pastor once say, he said, biblical abundance doesn't mean you get a lot. It means that more flows through you. Ooh. And that 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 lives with me forever, man. So like, I mean, literally, literally, I, I'll, Chris, I'll wear a shirt four times, dry clean it. It's still in good shape. And then I'll go give it to the poor wow. because it, because it's just just the way I'm wired. I, I don't know. I just, I feel blessed and I want to, I want to give back, you know, man, I love that. You and I tick the same way. I can't wait to watch this relationship grow. We've got about yeah. five minutes left. I, there's something I really wanted to ask you. We have so many parents, entrepreneurial parents that listen to this show and they heard your story earlier about how you grew up in a really tough financial situation. You were almost the man of the house starting at age 13 and you've gone on to be this great financial success. So my question to you is this, um, I read somewhere or saw somewhere. I can't remember. Uh, when I was researching you and all your stuff, where you tell your kids all the time that mm -hmm. Morel 
means something. Morel means something. And and for those of you listening that didn't catch it, that's his last name. Now, here's why this struck me. Um, Do you know who Scooter Braun is? I do, yeah. Okay. So I was talking to him one time and I said, you know, how have you and your brother Adam, who started Pencils of Promise, and how have all these people in your family grown up to do such big things? Because their sister is doing big, like everyone in that family is doing big, big things. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you know, every night that my father put us to bed, he would say to us, bronze are different. Every Ooh. night, he would just say, bronze are different. And so you're doing the same thing with your kids. Hey, guys, yeah. morale means something. Talk us through yeah. this, because this is epic. I mean, I just, you know, I'm just, I'm just a big believer in your self-image. And, and I'm a big believer in, you know, your self-image and who you see yourself as is going to dictate and determine how far in life you go. Uh, and, you know, growing up, um, I, 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 I watched and I saw as people struggled um, and people, uh, you know, quite honestly, lived in mediocrity for not for any other reason, Chris, not for any other reason other than a poor self-image. That's it. Wow. That's it. That's it. Just because of that. Because if you could turn around the way you see yourself, if you could turn around the way you believe in yourself, if you could turn around what you think of yourself, it's why literally, Chris, of the whole three days of relentless, that's where I'm starting. I'm starting with self-image. Like I, I just literally thought about this. Because if we could deal with that, if we could deal with that, then a whole new world will open up. You know, And so that's why I'm constantly telling them, Morel means something. Morel means something. And it's it's so funny. Like I have my kids with me at the events and at the seminars and like they get to sign people's books and it just kind of reinforces like they, they, they feel proud of what their dad has accomplished. And, and hopefully someday um, uh, they'll, they'll be able to accomplish whatever it is that they want to accomplish as well. That is so remarkable. What an awesome thing to hear it. Obviously, yeah. it follows suit that it results in, in really big results. And what a cool way to parent. So before I ask you the last question, I want to remind sure. everyone where they can follow you, where they can find you. So it's at Danny Morell on Instagram, uh, the mm-hmm. event. By the way, we never got the dates. It's in L.A. When are the dates? Oh, my apologies. July 11th, 12th, and 13th. Okay. So July 11th, 12th, and 13th in LA. Uh, we're giving away 10 tickets. All of the links to this will be in the show notes. So don't worry. You can just go to the show notes on my podcast site and go there. So my last question to you is this. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of wealth and success? Why should, why uh, should people yeah, be even, unapologetic? Unapologetic. I don't even know how to answer that because that's all I like pursue is not not even wealth and success, but just to be the the you see, if you if you here's why. Because wealth and success is the byproduct of a wealthy and successful heart and soul. Mm. That that's it. That's it. I don't care what you think. I don't care what your your mom taught you. I don't I don't care the fact that like the, that one rich man in your life when you were four did something bad to you. Look, that's just the story you've created. Real wealth and success comes from a healthy mind and spirit, a clear conscious, good values, uh, the ability and desire to give back, uh, big thinking. That's where wealth and success comes from. As a matter of fact, I'll just say it. That's where money comes from. 
Money is a reflection of the energy that you possess and of the value that you bring to the world. So why on earth would I ever apologize for being a badass human being that cares about other people? Yes. You know what I'm saying? So good, brother. So good. Yeah. Hey, listen, I just want to thank you for being on the show. You absolutely crushed it. This is such an inspiring uh, episode. I I just know people are going to love it. And, And thanks for joining me on my weird impromptu idea about you know giving away some ticket matches there. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. I think it's going to be great. All right, brother. I look forward to getting to know you more as, as time goes on. I think we share a lot of the same DNA. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to have you on our show. So whenever you're in Rancho Cucamonga, you let me know. Awesome. We'll make that happen for sure. All right. Thank you, brother. Okay, buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.